0: Welcome to the Career Cast podcast, a show about professional journeys and the wealth of career options the 21st century has to offer. In each episode, we explore one new aspect of the modern world of work with insights from a diverse range of voices. The Career Cast is designed to help reframe our conversations around work, passion, and careers. No matter what your interest, we are sure you'll find a valuable lesson from our diverse group of guests. Good day to all of you, wherever you are. This is the CareerCast podcast, and I am your co-host, Srivats Lakshman. This show is designed to help you answer all the questions you may have about careers. To do that, I'm joined as always by the awesome Afnan Ahmed. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks,
1: It's uh, always great to be back. Just to give our listeners a quick reminder, there's a mini-series of five episodes. Each episode, we discuss one topic. That is an ongoing debate for Gen Z. As new entrants into the workforce, there are a lot of challenges that go unaddressed. And I don't think it's fair to say we have the answer, but we do hope to spark a
0: conversation that leads to one. Indeed. And with that in mind, I hope today's conversation proves to be equally interesting This is a topic that's quite close to my heart as it's one of the most important conversations we all have with our friends and family. Money. More precisely, what to do with the money you earn. Now, I'm sure you will find numerous tips, tricks, and solutions to financial management on Instagram, even TikTok, or just by talking to your friends and family. And sometimes it works for some of us, sometimes it doesn't. So we thought it would make sense to give you a rundown of what works for both me and Afnan and get an inside opinion on how you can actually make your money work for you. Fair warning, a bulk of this conversation is geared towards NRIs, but that doesn't mean the tricks and tips we teach you cannot be applied to everyone else. I'm sure you're all bored of the long-running complaint
1: that school never taught us to do taxes or how to save. Financial management is something we all pick up along the way, from our parents and friends. However, there's quite a contrast to how a Gen Z looks at money versus previous generations. One Bank of America survey noted that 60% of Gen Zers already have a savings account, while another Accenture survey noted that Gen Z is more likely to prioritize financial security and stability over short-term
0: gains. But of course, all those numbers and facts really don't mean anything without context. And that's where we need to focus right now. COVID-19 left the global economy in ruins and most people are yet to recover. There's also the climate crisis wreaking havoc around the world. To add to this, there's a growing gap between the rich and the poor, and lack of government initiative means the middle class is continuing to shrink. However, things tend to get better in the longer run. This is usually the way the economy works. That is so true. Thanks to the
1: internet and the gig economy, more of us now have access to more opportunities. A growing number of people have multiple streams of income and are taking a more active role in managing their finances. So that brings us to today's topic. Before we really dive in though, there's one key thing you need to know, the difference between income and wealth. To explain that, here's noted American economist, Robert Rake. Income is what you earn each week or month or year. Wealth refers to the sum total of your assets your car, your home, art, anything else you own that's valuable. Valuable not only because there's a market for it, a price other people are willing to pay to buy it, but because wealth itself grows. As the population expands and the nation becomes more productive, the overall economy continues to expand. This expansion pushes up the values of stocks, bonds, rental property, homes, and most other assets. Of course, recessions and occasional depressions can reduce the value of such assets. But over the long haul, the value of almost all wealth increases. So that's step one in this journey. We need to build wealth. And most of us already have a leg up in that race, thanks to our parents. They are very likely to have invested in assets like homes, land, gold, or even stocks. Thankfully, it's easy to do that today, For almost anyone, if you know how to manage your money. To build wealth, you need to save and invest. And that requires some time.
0: That's true, Afnan. And I think it makes sense for us to talk about our own strategies here. Now, I've worked in three different countries over the last several years. And so I've carefully designed a system that can be applied to whichever country I work in. And it's as follows. Whenever I get my salary, I immediately assign maybe 30 or 40% into a separate savings account that I've opened. That's my savings for the month. I do not touch that money unless I absolutely need to. The remaining money, usually around 50 to 60%, I use that for my expenses. So first of the month, I pay my bills, uh, you know, my rent, telephone bills, internet, whatever else bills I have. And whatever's left, I then carefully spread it out over the month. Usually for things like groceries and essentials. And I ensure that I don't buy anything that I would like, but not need, or I don't treat myself with say a movie or, you know, dinner outside with friends or whatever it is, any of these luxury expenses, I usually keep that for the last week of the month when I have enough money. And that really works for me because just by not spending unnecessarily throughout the rest of the month and that last one week of the month, I suddenly have an extra, you know, 200, 300 dirham and I'm like, oh wow. Okay. Now I can really afford to treat myself. And then I can actually go shopping, buy clothes that I want, or go watch a movie in IMAX without having to worry about the cost. It's something that I trialed when I was studying in Bangalore, and it worked out really well. And it's worked out well for me in the UK and here in Dubai as well. But what about you? How, how do you manage your money?
1: Shiva what you explained right now is basically the essence of budgeting. And uh, I think most of us Gen Zers have this idea in mind about budgeting that we will save about 30 to 40% of our money and the remaining we will spend on our essentials and our luxuries, and uh, rightly as you said, me too. I also have a budget that I need to spend so and so amount for my car, my uh, shopping, my master's course, etc. So I budget some amount for the month for these expenses, and the remaining I save it. I keep it. I don't have a savings account as such. I have my own current account, and I t- don't touch the money um, that I save. So. Of late though, I have also been investing a small amount. So Hmm. I have budgeted a separate amount just for that. So these are the three different categories I budget
0: my money into. Right. That's great because I I also invest a little bit back in India. And I think what we've spoken about here are the three essential categories of financial management. Saving, Hmm. investing and spending. Right. Um, So this is a generic idea of how people like us do. And I'm sure a lot of you out there, a lot of our listeners also follow the same basic principles. But I'm also sure you're always on the out for some better strategies. We'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you have any advice, if you have an idea or a strategy that works really well for you, please do get in touch with the CareerCast on social media and let us know we'd love to share that with other people as well, because sometimes what works for you might work out really well for somebody else who's in desperate need of a better strategy. And you could help change someone's life inadvertently. If you do want to look at at making an investment, you know, especially towards your future, what do you do? When we receive our salary, especially us
1: today, uh, we are caught up in the rat race of paying our bills. And also most of us tend to use it upon luxuries because uh, it's very easy to spend here in Dubai with numerous sales and deals and uh, app offers going on. Um, so I, I believe like the first uh, few months and the first year or so, we are just involved in that, in treating ourselves because we finally landed a job, stuff like that. As far as the investing goes, there are again a lot of options here in Dubai to invest. Uh, you can invest by yourself online, uh, you can get onto any portal, and personally invest in stocks in bonds you know in real estate, crypto there are also different apps that you can use which will help uh, compile a portfolio for you depending on the amount and the risk factor that you uh, that you select right. because the things will change depending on your situation. if you live in another country uh, you might save in the local currency or in your home currency what about um, investments and what country do you make them? To answer those, we thought it would be best to bring in an expert. With that, we'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Mohit chenoy a wealth management expert from India.
0: Hi. So you've been doing this for a while and uh, clearly uh, you have a very good understanding of the topic. So let's start with a very, very basic definition of financial life. You know, what would you say? What is a financial life and why should someone focus on it? Okay. So what
2: happens is uh, generally as we uh, study and come out of college and get into uh, what you you would call your work life, what often happens is uh, we focus a lot on our work life. Yes. But along with it comes uh, the uh, requirements of, you know, managing your personal finances. Because obviously once you start working, you get an income right? You pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then out of that income, you start uh, incurring expenses, because you've got to live a life, right? In, the, in, in one's financial life, right? After you start earning, then you start thinking about what to do, mm-hmm. right? Instead, it's better to uh, develop some ideas about how you should go about your financial life. If you had some uh, coaching right at the start, right? Uh, after once you've got your income, what is it that you're supposed to do? if we pay some attention to our financial life, right, uh, we will then ensure that we are comfortable financially, that is. And so we can focus a lot more on our
0: careers. Right. Right. Truly, sir. Well said, because I think uh, that's something I know my entire generation does struggle with. Uh, so it's also given us a good platform to now talk about savings. Uh, so broadly, how would you define savings and what are some of the ways people should go about making savings?
2: Okay, so savings is uh, essentially, I mean, if you do the simple math saving is income minus uh, expenses right now. Uh, income we are, let me qualify income as being income that is post tax so after you pay off your expenses now expenses are basically rent and other living costs right okay. uh, you often you may end up having some savings right initially. In your career, it may be a little difficult. Maybe the savings are zero because the rents are very high and so on and so forth. Or, or the incomes are relatively low. But uh, generally, there is some saving, right. right? So what do you do with that unspent income is a big is, is the big question. Uh, I think the first thing one, one's got to do, one should definitely have medical insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is the first step. The step two uh, is that, you know, then let's say you have still have money left over. Uh, I think the step two is not to rush into putting money into the stock market. Okay. So the step two is basically you've got to what Warren Buffett calls uh, investing in oneself, right? Which is where the payoffs will be the highest because what, and by investing in oneself, uh, essentially you might define it as uh, maybe spending for learning new things, new skills, uh, which may directly or obliquely be, uh, you know, help your career. So it could be master classes, or it could be just be YouTube classes or whatever it is or wherever it is, you've got to spend some money to learn something new, right? Which helps your career along the way. Uh, I think that is uh, a very uh, productive way of spending your part of your savings. Okay, the second part is you can spend your savings in getting new experiences because you are young. You know, if you don't travel now, when will you travel, right? Uh, So maybe you want to travel, you want to uh, spend some, some of the money in getting a membership in a gym, right? So that you uh, focus on your fitness or you play some sport, whatever it is, right? Uh, or you attend a meditation class, anything that makes your life a lot more enriched. Uh, and it is very important to do this at the start of one's career. Don't scrimp, you know, uh, in making these uh, expenses, right, uh, in spending on these uh, these areas. Don't think that, okay, if I didn't learn, I spare, you know, I save the money and put it in the stock market, it is better. No, it is not. Because the lessons in the stock market are far more expensive.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: then if you have some money left still after all of this, right, you still have, if you don't have anything left over, so be it, right? First mm-hmm. couple of years of your career, you don't save any money to deploy in financial assets. It's okay, provided you have wisely deployed it in what I just spoke about, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also more importantly you have not taken any uh, debt on your on yourself. In other words, you've not bought the next fancy phone with you know using EMI and stuff like that. okay so so let's say you have no savings but you have spent on you know travel that you wanted to do or the gym membership or uh, you know master class or whatever it is right or buying books right in our, in our world it was books. Now I know kids don't really read all that much. So. So that's okay. I mean, you don't have to only follow what everybody else was following in the past, right? So in the past, if people got their knowledge from books, fair enough, because they didn't have the internet, but today you have the internet. So maybe you get your knowledge from the internet. Okay. So, uh, but the main thing is to get the knowledge, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's more important uh, uh, thing. It's not the the means are less important at this point. Mm-hmm. So that is it. Now, after all of this, if you still have money left over, I think you uh, have some savings still left, uh, assuming uh, you had a very high income, etc. You do deploy it in two uh, ways. One is you deploy it for liquidity, Mm -hmm. so you have some case you urgently need it. So therefore, you put part of that saving into, let's say, a fixed deposit, uh, ideally, which is enough. I mean, that will uh, that is uh, more than enough, uh, as far as uh, at least in India, right? In the west and maybe buy some bonds and stuff, but that's a slightly different uh, conversation. And the second thing is you can uh, deploy the money to get some returns, right? Uh, and for that, you can put money in equity mutual funds, mm-hmm. which is uh, whether you are living in India, in the US or wherever in the world, right? Uh, there are many equity mutual funds all over the place. So you can buy some of the, invest in a couple of them and just hold tight and sit, and do nothing uh, Uh, nothing else. I mean, nothing more uh, fancy or dangerous, right? Definitely don't get into uh, any other uh, so-called riskier assets like bitcoins or directly invest in the stock market, unless you have started to learn how to do that. So that's a part of, uh, I will cover that when we uh, speak further, right? But uh, that's essentially it. So finally, after you have done all your spending, if you have money left, spend it, A part of it as a liquid fund, I mean, Mm -hmm. as uh, a fixed deposit, so that anytime you need the money for some emergency or whatever it is, you can withdraw it. And the second thing is put a part of it in uh, equity mutual funds because you will get the return uh, and your savings are therefore protected. You know, because see, once you have savings, you have to make sure that you protect them uh, Mm -hmm. because year on year, you will, there is inflation as we all know, which is constantly eating into that savings. So a hundred bucks today is not a hundred bucks a year later. It's probably to it buy you, let's say a hundred by hundred bucks by, I mean, hundred dollars or hundred rupees buys you X today. It will buy you much less than X uh, a year later, right? Uh, so therefore there is an inflation, which is eating into your purchasing power. So if you want to protect it, your hundred should become maybe 110 so that it will buy you the same amount of goods and services that you could buy today or maybe it's 120, whatever, right? So to to, to do that, you have to invest it in uh, both for, invest it for liquidity
0: and invest it for return. Okay. And that's a great way to summarize that, sir, because then now we can move on to the idea of investment. And I think you have spoken about this briefly with your previous answer, where you said about investing in yourself. Uh, But apart from that, what are the other kind of solutions for people who want to invest? Uh, Where can they look to invest and what would be the safer options for them?
2: Okay. So see, when you look at investing, now let's put aside the, uh, uh, the investing in oneself and spending money on, let's say on a useful holiday and whatever gym membership. Let's say you have want to invest in the financial world or in financial assets,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Uh, I've narrowed it down, narrowed down the whole, uh, the whole idea of investing in, in, financial assets to three things, Right. right? First is what I call the hedge, edge and uh, pledge a model, if you will. Right now, there's nothing proprietary in it, so I mean, plus I've not borrowed it from anyone else. But what do I mean by hedge? Okay, by hedge I mean that you can't. Let's say you have hundred uh, rupees or hundred dollars. Uh, you don't put all of all of those hundred dollars in. Let's say only fixed deposits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because fixed deposits, the returns are fixed, right? Uh, you don't have any upside in terms of returns, right? Right. On the other hand, you don't put all of those $100 or 100 rupees into, let's say, an equity mutual fund because an equity, equity mutual fund is also uh, susceptible to you know, fall in the market, mm-hmm. right? So it may actually decline rather than going up. Now, uh, the thing is, you must make it, do it in a combination. So that is what hedge means, right? You don't put all, go in one extreme direction. You remain moderate, right? Uh, So that your whole financial situation is reasonably balanced. Mm -hmm. The second part is edge. Now, edge basically means that you don't do anything that you don't understand. Okay. Uh, That basically also means like what Warren Buffett says, you know, risk arises when you do something you don't understand. So that... So you've got to really understand the risk of what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, So if you're putting money in fixed deposits, you can't just close blindly close your eyes and say, okay, it's all fine because fixed deposits are safe. Correct? Mm-hmm. Now that is definitely true in more than 90% of the cases. Maybe it is true even in 99% of the cases. Okay. However, it was not proved to be true very recently in the Silicon Valley Bank uh, situation. Yes. Well, of course, the government stepped in, but if it had not stepped in, right? All the depositors would have lost money. Yeah. Right. So therefore you've got to know what you're doing and you've got to understand where you're putting the money. What are the risks in it? What is the potential return? Right. And therefore you have to get some understanding Mm -hmm. of both the mutual funds that you put money in and the fixed deposits you put money in. Now, how deep you need to go, what you need to do is not part of this conversation, but you can't do something without knowing what you're doing. That's the bottom line. So make sure you know what you're doing uh, and you understand it, not just because uh, somebody told you, okay, but you yourself understand it as to why you're putting money in XYZ fixed deposit versus uh, some other bank fixed deposit. And you also understand why you're putting money in, in A, mutual uh, equity mutual fund versus B, equity mutual fund. Okay. The third piece, which actually is the most important, I would say, is a pledge that you've got to take that you will not stray outside of what Warren Buffett calls your circle of competence. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, circle of competence in the matters of financial uh, in, in matters of financial assets, okay, right. or understanding of the financial world. Right. Now you may not know everything, obviously. You may know some things, which is fine. If you know some things, do only those things, right? Like, for example, you don't know uh, how to invest in say directly in any company don't do it mm-hmm. right then invest in a mutual fund or buy a, an index fund mm-hmm. right even better right if you, so basically what often happens is what people end up doing right is how do people stray outside of their circle of competence is basically they get some information from somebody else it could be a friend mm-hmm. you know could be even somebody whom they think is a mentor or you know somebody who's smart right could even be a parent right? will tell them that okay you know why don't you buy this equity share or why don't you buy do something else mm-hmm. don't do it right unless you understand it now there's no rule saying that you sh- your equi- your uh, circle of competence shouldn't expand okay so if you want to expand your circle of competence you've got to make some effort towards it right, right. like Warren Buffett said investing is uh, you know is uh, simple but it's not easy right so in order to, to expand your circle of competence, you've got to either learn, now through the various means we discussed earlier, master classes, YouTube, so on and so forth. And of course, reading books, right? So you've got to read or you've got to listen to those books, whatever it is. I mean, it's up to where you learn, you know, but you've got to learn new things, right? Which is how your circle of competence expands. And once your circle of competence expands and you are acting within it, then the payoffs can be massive. I mean, there is no uh, upside right? It's only when you step out of your circle of competence and do something, that is the time you are taking, either you're being just being overconfident, right? You think, okay, you, you will just, you know, it's going to fly, no problem, right? Uh, or you are just being stupid, mm. right? One of the two. And both of that uh, leads to uh, pretty uh, dangerous, uh, pretty uh, terrible results.
0: Fantastic. So I think that's well summed up, uh, you know, the three basic uh, questions that we had, and I think it's given us a very good insight so I think the final question uh, that we have is more targeted to NRIs like myself. Uh, you know, when we live abroad, uh, what would you recommend is the best course of action? Is it for us to save and invest locally where we're currently staying or back in our home countries? Well, it is a you can do a combination, right? Uh, you don't
2: have to, it depends on, first of all, it all depends on how big your savings are. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're not very big, then you might as well just invest it in your home country because, you know, bringing money into India or, or whichever country you are from, taking money into that country and trying to do something there can be, uh, you know, legally and uh, paperwork wise can be a little uh, difficult. Uh, so in that case, you if the corp, if your funds are not that large, right, uh, then you might as well uh, invest it within your own uh, uh, country where you live. I mean, mm-hmm. you present it, uh, not necessarily in India. But right. if your corpus uh, has grown uh, grown to be sizable enough, then of course you can bring the money into India and do exactly the same thing that I said earlier by put it into mutual funds or put it into a fixed deposit. So essentially all you have to do is take the really moderate route. Essentially between uh, ensuring that you have enough liquidity and you have you're getting good returns, these are the two uh, largely uh, 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 things that you've got to balance in terms of taking a barbell approach, if you will, right? Between liquidity and between return. And later, of course, comes whether you should buy a house or not. But that, I think, is a, you know, is a question you asked maybe five or ten years into your job, not right now.
0: Right, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, sir, for that. It's been wonderful having you on the show. And I think you've given us a, a lot of food for thought. And I hope it's inspired all of our listeners as well to start thinking seriously about saving and investing. You know, even if it's a very, very small amount, I'm sure there's now a lot of ways to do it. Great. Thank you for having me. Naturally, as you grow in your career, so will your income and thus the amount you can save and invest. So there's a lot of opportunity, but you have to start right now to make it count. And for those living in India or other countries where income tax is applicable, it's always worth talking to a financial expert or an auditor who can help you navigate the complex ways you can make your money work for you without having to pay on the taxes. I'd also
1: like to add, the best way to begin your journey is by talking to someone who's already invested for years. That could be your parents, your relatives, someone you know in the work sector. They'll know best having gone through the entire process. Start there and then find ways that will work for you. There's no one-size-fits-all solution to this. It's similar to having a diet and having a workout plan. All of us have our different priorities. And so our financial
0: management must reflect that. Well said, Afnan. And I think it's a beautiful way to close the episode. Uh, You know, when you said that we all have different priorities. So everyone, please first set your priorities. And I think you'll find a financial management strategy that works well for you. Like we said earlier, if you've got any tips or advice you think other people can benefit from, please do hit us up on social media and let us know. We're available on Instagram, on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Uh, It's The Career Cast is the podcast name. Uh, We'll see you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Career Cast. If you loved what you heard, please don't forget to share it with your friends, family, colleagues or anyone else you know you never know who might need a dose of inspiration please also remember to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram to stay up to date with all of our latest episodes and previews of the shows to come thank you for tuning in once again